0: We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. God, I thank you that you're here. God, I thank you that this is your church. This is your word. And I pray that you just speak to us today. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to perceive your word for us as a church, corporately and individually, because you see the crowd, you see the individual. And I just pray that you refresh us today. Speak to us in you, not just what we want, but what we need. So that we can leave here and not just leave our faith on the Sunday, but take it into our family, our workplaces, our community, and shine your light. Help us to grow and have a greater standing of who you are, your cross, your victory, your love. In the name of Jesus, amen. Remember, we started a new series last week, the very good news, not just the good news. And uh, if you've been around church a bit, you probably would have heard the term the good news. Uh, You might have heard the term the gospel uh, gospel translator means the good news, the good news of Jesus. He died, he rose again, he took sin and death on himself, he defeated sin and death, and in him we find life in, on earth, life in eternity, and, uh, and so much more. But if we're not careful, good news can become normal news. And, and it's pretty sad sometimes, but sometimes if we, get, if we hear anything for long enough... If we read anything for long enough, if if we live with something long enough, if we, it can become just normal and we can lose the power. Uh, growing up, I played football down here for the Southern Eagles and we won a lot and winning's fun. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played sport, but it's much more fun to win than to lose. It's not just about playing. There's no fun in just playing. It's fun in winning. Uh, I know we tell the kids that, but we're wrong. It's fun to win and and... I didn't play for a few years, and I've just started playing again for our dross where we're living, and we don't win as much, uh, sometimes once a year. And, and I took it for granted, right? It was normal, and this is a silly example, but I'll tell you what, when we win now, whew, I'm in a good mood for weeks. I need to be, because it's not going to happen again, right? And I never knew what I had. You don't know what it's got to you, God. don't know what, what you've got to it, God, I don't know. And it's a silly example, but the good news of Jesus, if we're not careful, it becomes just normal. And the the impact of the cross, the ramifications of the the cross, the blessings of the cross are so great. And we can't can't let it become just normal. I think sometimes we even miss some of the meaning of it. And I'm not talking about complicating the cross. The message of Jesus and the work of Jesus is really simple. But I think it's got so much more impact, so much more depth than sometimes we realise. And so this series, uh, we're not talking about complicating, we just want to go deeper. We want to go deeper into who Jesus is, the work he did, what he accomplished, what it means for us individually, uh, humanity as a church. Uh, And we're just praying that we just have a greater understanding of who Jesus is, his love, his work for us. So that's where we're going with this series. And we hear a lot of words around the cross, forgiveness, forgiveness, reconciliation, breakthrough, victory. And it's, and none of those words are wrong. And one word we probably don't hear enough is love. We probably hear a bit, but love. And uh, the cross is love. Jesus and his work on the cross is an ultimate example of love. But before we get there, we've got to know that God is love. I read before in 1 John and it said, God is love. And what John's saying there is it isn't just what God does. It isn't one of his skill sets he'd put on uh, an application. No, God is love. It's who he is. It's his nature. It's his character. It's not just what he does. It's who he is. If you could describe God the best to someone, it's love. And then Jesus came to reveal who the Father is. I'll just list a few. John 17, it says, I've revealed you to them. He's telling everyone, I've revealed God to you. In John 1, it says is near to the and he's revealed God to us. Colossians says Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Uh, in John 14, it says from now on, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Basically what Jesus is saying is, hey, God and me, we're the same. If you've seen me, you've seen God. So that tells me if God is love, that means Jesus is love. And we've got to check that, because sometimes I think we have two different ideas of who God and Jesus is you got God, maybe from the Old Testament, looks a little bit more serious. Uh, Sometimes it reads a little bit more violent. And then you got Jesus who comes in and kind of fixes the mess. And they kind of seem like, oh, Jesus is gentle and loving and God's a bit more serious. But that's not what Jesus says. He says, I've revealed the Father. We're exactly the same. So if God is love, that means Jesus is love. That means if we've got two different ideas, maybe we need to have another look. And, and Jesus didn't just reveal the Father, it, it talks about in, one, in John chapter 1, in the beginning the Word, and they're referring to Jesus here, the Word already existed, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus doesn't just reveal who God is, Jesus is God. They're not separate, they're, and it's hard to get our head around sometimes, uh, but Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit are one, but different expressions. Think of like a H2O water, you got liquid, you got gas, you got solid. It's different expressions but one entity. And so Jesus doesn't just reveal who God is, Jesus is God. And that's really important because when Jesus is on the cross, God isn't sitting back thinking, oh, about time it's right, or well, isn't, God isn't sitting back sending Jesus to do the dirty work and make everything better. If God and Jesus are one, God himself came to earth, God himself laid down his life, God himself came in love, God himself died. It's not different, they're one and the same. God is love, Jesus is love. And in 1 John 3 it says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life. The passage we're focusing on today, 1 John 4 says, this is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. What's real love? That Jesus died. What's the cross? Real love. Who knows, we throw around that word love a lot. Who loves Tim Tams? I love Tim Tams. Who loves their kids? They're pretty good today. I love my kid. Who loves their partner? Who loves, who loves footy? Who loves cooking? Who loves... We throw around the word love, and it means a lot of different things, doesn't it? But real love, this is what the Bible says, real love is Jesus laying down his life on the cross. Real love. Real love. So God is love. Jesus is love. Jesus reveals who God is. They're one and the same. The cross is real love. Why why was it such love? You know, Philippians 2 says... Though he was God, this is Jesus, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. He came to earth for us. He humbled himself, suffered, laid down his life so that we could have life, we could have restoration, we can have eternity. It was the ultimate act of love the ultimate act of servanthood, the ultimate act of humility. God coming for us, laying down His life for us, suffering with us. God is love, Jesus is love, the cross is love. And like I said at the beginning, there's a lot of words that have incredible meaning around God, Jesus, the cross. And they're not wrong, but at the core is love. It's the foundation of it all. The foundation of God is love. The cross is love. Now Matthew 16 says in verse 24, and I think we've got this one on the screen, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Give up your own way, take up your cross, follow Jesus. Give up, Take up, follow. You know, when you, when you take up something, you usually have to put something down. My daughter, Myra, one of her favourite things to do in these last two weeks of church is to come in and collect all the little communions. And if you come early enough, uh, she's carrying about nine. And I will try and parent, I will do my best, but it's not working. And I'm picking my battles. And, but she gets to a point where she wants to pick something else up. Today was a coffee cup. And when she picked it up, the communion dropped. Well, you, can't, you can't have that. So she picked up the communion. Well, another one dropped. And it got to a point where she couldn't hold anything more. And she's done it with toys. She, she does it all the time. She just loves to carry and collect. And it gets to a point where you've got to put something down to pick something up. And it's a bit like this. If we're to take up the cross, we've got to put stuff down. We've got to put stuff down. You know, take up your cross... This could be read as taking up real love. If the cross is love, following Jesus, taking up the cross, living in real love, not superficial worldly love, but real love. We'll come back to this in a minute. If we go back to Genesis where, where God created the world and it was perfect, Adam and Eve... And, and if you've been around church, you know the story. The serpent comes and, and tempts Eve to eat from the one tree that God asked them not to eat from. And she ate it. Then Adam ate it. And sin, what we call the fall, or the sin where we missed the mark. And, but if you hear what the, the temptation was, this is what in verse 5 in chapter 3 it says, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God. What was the temptation? you will be like God. Basically, you will be God. You'll be your own God. It was a temptation of lordship. It was a temptation to, instead of following God, to be your own God. And it actually hasn't changed throughout history. We're all in the same boat. Men, women, children throughout history uh, have had a constant temptation to follow their way over God's way. To follow my uh, benefits, my impulses over, over God's instructions. To follow my desires over God's. Any kind of, we use the word sin, and I think we misunderstand it sometimes, but it's missing the mark. Anything, sin, comes from choosing our way over God's way. It's an issue of lordship. And it started back then. And I love how when Jesus was taken up to the wilderness and tempted, it was a similar kind of temptation, uh, the devil took him to the peak and said, I will give it to you all if you knee down and worship. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. What was the temptation? I'll give it to you. I will give you the kingdom. I will give you the glory. It's a similar thing. What did Jesus say? Hey, I worship God. Jesus showed us the way to live. It isn't about looking out for our own glory, our own desires, it was to follow God first and foremost, to lay down. So what does it look like when we are lords of our life compared to God being lord of our life? Well, what has the final word? God's word or our feelings? What guides our decision-making? God's word or our desires? What is prioritised in our life? How do we treat other people? How do we love our family? What is most important to us? What do we believe? I read it before, Matthew 16, and Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. What's giving up? giving, Giving up our agenda. Giving up our lordship. When we're number one. So my question today, who's lord of your life? Might it be who, it's what. Well, it can be career, it can be possessions, it can be what dictates your decisions. Take up your cross, follow Jesus. You know, we, when we lay down our lordship, our life, and when we follow God, that's when I believe we're, made in the, we're actually living in the image of God. In Genesis, it talks about how we're made in the image of God. And sometimes I wonder what that looks like. Is God just like a much better looking version of me? And, and sin just like... gave us a few curves and wrinkles or I don't think it's talking about appearance what's the ultimate image of God love so if we're living in the image of God that means we're living in love and when we started sinning and choosing our way over God's way we stopped living in the image of God but as we follow Jesus as we lay down our lives and live in real love we start to live as the image of God we start to live in our families as the image of God in our community So God is love, Jesus is real love, the cross is real love, we're called to lay down our life, follow Jesus, take up real love. So there's a bit of info and teaching, but what, what do we do now? God is love, okay, Jesus is love, yes, because Jesus and the God are the same. Jesus reveals the Father, they are one. God is love, Jesus is love. The cross is the ultimate example of real love. And we're called to follow Jesus, take up our cross, which is taking up real love. It sounds great, but what, what do you do with that? Well, first and foremost, we come back to God. I love in the Garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve sinned, God didn't send down fire. He came in to look for them, to walk with them and talk with them. In, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. You know, I think some of us think having God Lord of our life, is burden, burdensome, or a lot of traditions and rituals and, and laws and rules and, and all these things. That could be the perception. I want to choose my one because I want the freedom. I want to decide what I want to do. But it's not like that. Listen to what Jesus says. Come to me. He's gentle at heart. The burden is light. I love in the, in the message version, another version of the Bible, it reads like this, the same passage. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I'm going to read again. I want you to listen to the relational terms in this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Walk, work, watch. Company. You know, laying down our life and following Jesus, it isn't a moment. It's not a moment. It's not just a a moment in time. It's 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 a life and it's not militant it's not it's walking with god it's following god talking with him walking with him your perfect father in heaven it's ongoing it's transformative it's relational you know as we as we come to god as we live in this love we're transformed we're molded in romans 12 it says don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world but let god transform you into a new person by changing the way you think And what it's saying is, as you come to God, He'll transform and change you. And the word, it's written often, change the way you think. In some other versions, it's written, renew. The actually best translation is renovate. And I don't, give us away if you don't need renovating. I've painted, and that was enough. It took time, it was messy, it was ongoing. And what happens is, as we walk with God, as we follow Him, as we choose to follow His ways, as we spend time with Him, because it's not just obeying the, the rules we're set, it's talking with Him, it's growing. He kind of transforms us from the inside out. He renovates us. He chips away the rust. He, he builds new love in us. And I've seen this in my life, and, and it's funny, if you go back a few years, you look back on, on where you were and where you are now, and we've never arrived What happens is God slowly does a work on us and we're more filled with more love and then the longer we go, hopefully, as we're walking and following God, we become more in his image, which is Jesus, which is love, which is God, which is love. And you look back and it's like, wow, I was incredibly impatient a few years ago and I never tried to work on that and I'm still quite impatient sometimes and sometimes I think, Tali, my wife, fixes me, but I think most of it's God. And I look back and I'm like, I'm not perfect but gosh I'm better than I was but I don't know when it happened gee I'm a lot more loving than I was for you when did that happen and what happens is as you just walk with God he just tinkers stuff bit by bit by bit so we live in his image I love how it says then in Romans 12 then you will know God's will for you see when we follow God sometimes everyone's trying to work out what they're meant to do in life it says if you follow God, he'll, he'll show you his will in the big and the small. In the big and the small. So firstly, how, what is this It's not laying down, coming. it's just walking with God. You know, Sunday, it isn't good enough just to do a Sunday. That's not what God intended. God didn't come to earth, die on a cross, raise again for us to just say hello to him on a Sunday morning. God wants to walk with us in the everyday. He wants to do family with you. He wants to do work with you. He wants to guide you in the community. He wants to do something incredible in you so you can shine out something great to those around you. God's got something for you. He says in Lamentations, He's got new mercies for you every morning. That means God's got a new word, a new refreshment for me and you every day, whether we get it or not. It's an ongoing thing. So firstly, before we even think about loving, before we even think about taking up our cross, we've got to just come back to God and walk with Him. Meet with Him. Make time to hear from Him. Now sometimes if I get in from work and and Tali's trying to say something to me and and if I'm trying to check all the sports scores because I like to do that when I get home because it's how I relax and I'm not not very good at listening at the same time. I have to put stuff down and give it because I can't multitask. So I've got to put stuff down and give attention. And sometimes we think, oh, yeah, I'll just talk to God while I go on Instagram or or drop. Hey, if you've got someone really special in your life, you make time for them. God's a perfect Father in heaven who wants to love you. He wants to show you how to do life. He wants to show you how to make a difference. He wants to build peace and patience in your life. It's a relationship. It's an ongoing thing. So we've got to lay down. Lay down our lordship. Follow Jesus. So firstly, we come back to God. We walk with God. And secondly, we love. We take up our cross and we follow Jesus. 1 John 4. It says, Dear friends, I read it right at the start, Let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Listen to this bit. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. You know, I've, I've found it as a, I call it a dashboard. See, when you're driving a car, you don't stare at the dashboard because then you don't see where you're driving. But you check it. You don't stare at the speedo because then you hit the tree. You just check the speedo. I kind of check how my love's going. How did I react to that? How am I, I kind of check it. Because that shows me how close I am to God. Because if you, if you know God... If you're walking with God and God is love, you love. It's a good check. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God... Listen to this bit. But if we love each other, God lives in us and His love is brought to full expression in us. If we love each other, God lives in us and God's love shown through us. That means your friends and family, your community, who don't know God, when you, when you love, when you take up your cross, when you take up real love, you might not be preaching, you might not even be talking to them, but they'll see God in you. Because they see God's love. That's powerful. That's how we transform community. That's how we lead people to God. That's how they see God. And what does this love look like? Well, I think that's a whole nother conversation. Because remember, we've got a confused idea about love. But if you want to know what it looks like to love each other, and practically, I think we've just got to look at the life of Jesus. We might talk about that another week. but it starts by living, walking in this love. God is love. Jesus is love. They're one and the same. The cross is real love, and we're called to take up that cross. But we can only take it up when we lay down our lives. You know, Jesus, if he's a compartment of our life, it's going to be nice to get some warm and fuzzy feelings sometimes and you'll get encouraged, but it's not going to cut up. I was being honest. God himself can give us life, give us purpose, but it's when he's Lord. And he wants to provide an even greater way of doing life than you imagined, an even greater family than you imagined, even greater relationships than you imagined, even greater opportunities of influence than you imagined. But it starts by... Laying down. Taking up following Jesus. It comes back to just doing it in our daily life. Wonder if we could have um the band back. Now I'm really excited about this series. Unpacking the cross, unpacking the gospel, unpacking the good news. I'm excited, I believe we're gonna go so much deeper. We're going, go, we're going to just go on a deeper understanding, a deeper revelation of his love, of his victory, of his purpose. I just want to spend a moment, I was just uh, in worship before. And throughout the gospel, Jesus called himself the living water. One particular time is when he met the woman at Samaritan. And he says, I'm living water. He's living water. What does water do? Water refreshes. Water sustains. Water grows. And when we come to God, when we follow Jesus, He refreshes, He sustains, He grows stuff in us. The fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He grows in us a greater understanding of who He is. He grows in us love to give out. He gets us through the highs and the lows. Sustains, refreshes. I just wanted to uh, feel to spend some time here, just to maybe feel a little bit dry. You know, when you go on holiday and you come back and your pot plants are looking a bit sad a bit droopy ours constantly look like that but that's a different story but it's because they haven't had water you need water to live you need, wa- need water to thrive and Jesus is living water he sustains, he refreshes, he fulfills he grows and it never stops and it's new every morning and I said before it's an ongoing thing and this week God's got something new for you every morning every day but we're here right now and what God's got for you tomorrow that's up to you and God but right here right now I believe God's just got a fresh just living water just a refreshment just a just a just a reconnect to him And I don't know how you found these last few months. And sometimes in these last few months, I felt pretty good. And sometimes I'm like, oh, goodness, this is rough. Sometimes I felt a bit dry. Sometimes I felt full of life. But I don't know how you feel today, but I know God loves you. I know He loves you so much. I know He's got living water for you. He's got refreshment for you. He wants to grow and renovate things in you. He wants to do something new in you. He wants to have breakthrough in your life, victory in your life. He wants to do incredible things through you. I love this song, New Wine, because in that story, Jesus turned water into wine. He turned average into special. He turned natural into supernatural. And that's what he does with you and me. He takes our natural and turns it into supernatural. He takes our everyday, he turns it into special, into miraculous. He does incredible things through you, in you. And I believe now is just the time just to reconnect and just receive from God. And I don't want you to think that there's levels or or I need to work on something before. You you don't work on something, then come to God. You just come to God and He works in it in you. Come to me, he says. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. I will give you rest. I will give you life. I will renew, I will renovate, I will transform. He's got to come, often lay down and come, as a young man is giving a practical illustration of it. So we're just going to have some time here. And I believe God's got something incredible for you. So maybe if you're able, maybe we can stand, maybe we'll just worship. We might pray in a minute. But I'm just going to, God, I pray that you just come meet us. I pray for an open heaven in this place. I pray for every individual, every person here. You know them. You love them. You know everything. You know their story and you love them just the same. You love them more than they know. You have a greater purpose than they know. You have something new for them. You have living water. You have refreshment for them. You've got growth for them. You've got victory in their lives. Some of you, you've decided that there's some things in your life that are just going to stay there. I feel this prophetically right now. Some of you decided there's maybe uh, an attitude, there's maybe an experience that's just going to just stay there. Because you don't just see a way out. But God says, I'm going to renovate that. Some of you, got, a, you've had a mindset or a hurt for, for 40 years and God's going to renovate it and transform it. Some of you are feeling so dry. He's just going to bring refreshment in a moment. Holy Spirit is coming. Make your home in our hearts. Fill us afresh in the name of Jesus.